Okay, welcome back to the Think Education podcast. Uh, myself, Chris Hill, and uh, co-podcast host, Judith Lammy. Been trying out that new moniker for, for size. I don't know if it works yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? We're, we're um, collaborators, co-authors, co-presenters, I mean, co-hosted co-hosters co-hosters the same thing right um so um today in a, what in a, the continuation of what's been the last last few of our episodes it's not quite art imitating life but it's certainly art or a, a podcast reflecting on life right so we're talking mm. about you know recent experiences um and uh and the sort of interaction and engagement we've had with colleagues and students and you well, pretty recently, I guess, um, were, were able to attend Going Global, I guess, Going Global 2023, I suppose, right? Um, Indeed, in, uh, yes. in Edinburgh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, absolutely. I'm really interested to hear um, your, your reflections on this. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, a lot of colleagues posting about it and, and uh, you know, various things that, you know, that took place. Um, I was used to be like you, a very regular going globaler maybe or going global attendee um, um you've got and, a theme going on today haven't you with titles yeah of nonsensical words yeah that's that's about that's about today's focus um but i, I mean i i haven't uh obviously having shifted universities um it's not really been been part of the remit of my current university for me to attend and I, so I'm, I'm really interested to see you know mm -hmm. what it was like for you to have attended this one you know by comparison to previous ones and then obviously indeed what this one was like from i mean you were what panelist speaker you know host i mean you were you were big yes, part, yes, and part yes. of the <laughs> and part of the organization or executive you know i mean you you've been I mean, I don't suppose you painted the signs, but you've more or less been involved in most of the aspects, right? So, um, yeah, really interested to hear I what you think. I feel as I should have been. Yes, yes, it was. Um, it it was really um, well. It was really good. Let's put it like that. You know, the, and now we can spend half an hour talking about what was really good about it. Um, but like we said before, though, Chris, um, what was great was to have people face to face, yeah. all meeting each other again. Um, having the opportunity to to chat between sessions, occasionally during sessions, even when you're on the panel. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so it was it was just wonderful to be able to do that. Um, it was great to be back up in Edinburgh. Not that I saw a huge amount of of Edinburgh. I saw quite a lot of the International Conference Centre in in Edinburgh. Um, but um, but it was it was wonderful to be there, and 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 I think there must have been probably close to four hundred attendees. Really? And as I think had become a theme over the years, there were also groups of um, colleagues from different parts of the world who'd all come together. You know, either you know universities together with government bodies together with with agencies that support them, and then colleagues in those respective British councils you know and that was um that was really that was a really sort of useful um activity sorry can you hear that little beat that keeps happening with my um... no do you think we're being monitored yes that's right yes sorry. <laughs> oh that's all right then as long as you can't hear it it's just me that's going to be driven mad throughout the podcast with with the updates on my computers coming going through um, there you go. Just to prove, guys, that this is in real time. 
<laughs> uh, uh, me go, what yeah. are these updates on my computer? So it was so it was great to be there, but also to have the opportunity to talk to people from well, yeah, all over the world, but groupings of individuals as well. And on that note, it was slightly different this year in that there was a core element of the program and you know the usual plenaries and parallel sessions and things like that and then breakfast sessions that somehow I ended up doing two of which I feel as though was wrong on pretty much a load of levels mm -hmm. um, but um, but also there were some separate sessions sort okay. of closed sessions but not in um well invited sessions let's say ones where they weren't part of the full program but they were on either side of the program so the whole thing was kicked off um for myself with a uh, with a forum first thing on the monday morning uh, before the session started proper just after lunch uh, with colleagues from vietnam so oh, okay. the vietnamese ministry of education uh, was there obviously supported by colleagues in the british council um, and then a number of uh, institutions uh, such as the, the vietnam um, national university and I uh, so it was um, it was it was nice because there weren't too many people at it. So there were probably about 10 or 12 colleagues from Vietnam. There were eight institutions and then colleagues from the ministry and the British Council. Mm -hmm. And then there, there were um, probably an equivalent number of us, slightly more from the UK who particularly got uh, some partnerships with Vietnamese universities yeah and and as you probably know as well because I think I've mentioned it before also as part of, of Wales's international strategy they're they're um, one of their sister countries is Vietnam so we've got a special relationship there too that we've been um, working on developing so um, so it was it was a really great way to begin the conference mm -hmm. actually um, so we had a, we had the opportunity to share um, on a slightly more informal basis who we all were, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and just um, just sort of uh, introducing each other rather than launching straight into a, a panel debate. You know, the, our Vietnamese colleagues were able to tell us a little bit about themselves, their institutions, etc., and then. Um, and then we had, and, and I suppose one of the one of the areas that we were looking at within the uh, within the session, which was a couple of hours, two and a bit hours long, um, was also not just the collaboration between academic institutions, but then the collaboration with business and mm. industry, and linking into the innovation agenda and you know other aspects sure, of things yeah. we did there, uh, and. Um, and I, I was one of the members of the, the panel, along with um, a couple of uh, colleagues from uh, institutions in Vietnam and also um, vice chancellor of uh, Dundee University. And that was great because all, all we did as well with them was share some examples of some of the collaborations that, that we had um, and, uh, and then sort of had a broader discussion across the, the group as to how we these relationships were facilitated, what the outcomes could be, uh, what some of the challenges are with working in not only with universities but across universities and then with with business and industry as well, 
and what can we what what you know the opportunities might be for us to do to, to work together more in the future um and that was just one session and then that launched us i think really nicely into the to the to the broader going global so there were a few of those kind of invited sessions that were separate and there was one on china a little bit later on in the week as well and then the rest of the the program was similar to to what it had been before so we had our plenary sessions we had as i say some some breakfast sessions that were done in like a, a cafe style where i got the opportunity on the wednesday morning to also talk to colleagues there about our latest book and you know <laughs> looking at what we're doing in terms of identity in international yep. higher education and that was a great opportunity because there were people there from all over and it was mm. really good to be able to talk uh, you know about that and and listen to some of their thoughts and we can come on to that in a in a little while if you if you like um and then there were the usual um panel sessions and and discussions and um and parallel sessions that we had so i did a couple of those um as well uh, probably what i noticed more than anything this year was that there there also been a very um purposeful aim from the british council for for the sessions to be less about people standing up and or giving long powerpoint presentations with 30 seconds at the end for questions and answers <laughs> and more about you've got 30 seconds to say what you want to say and we're going to spend an hour and 25 minutes you know having a debate which was well but probably not quite that much no but but i think at one point with one thing i did say to people you've got four minutes and it was always precise it was either four or seven it wasn't five or ten you know you've got four minutes to say what you want to say if you want to use slides you can but you know we'll cut off the electricity at uh, four minutes and, <laughs> and one second um, but it was really good actually and i think the, the very positive thing about this and, and indeed um uh phil deans who's the vice chancellor at richmond university raised this in one of the sessions he said it was it was great to sort of almost flip the kind of sessions that we have so rather than having people talk individually for the majority of it to just get that debate going and mm. and not know where it's going to but then you yeah. all you know learn from each other and i did say to him that basically that was the spirit of the interaction that you and i have on pretty much a daily basis i've yes. no idea where it's going but occasionally yeah. you know something will be said where we both go oh that was interesting didn't know i even yeah. knew that um so it was um so that was that was it re it made the most of the fact that people some people had, had spent um spent a lot of money spent a lot of time spent a lot of energy getting to uh, edinburgh uh, from all over the world and you know it's much more beneficial if you can not only say the kind of things you want to say that you know um but yeah. share things with other people and and i and i don't know whether that's going to be more of a theme as we move on through the kind of conferences that we've got now um but certainly i felt that it was a much you know much more beneficial one for all of us who were part of the conference i i think it's a it's a great model um i mean like you i've attended lots of conferences where um, even if the remit is, oh, okay, so we're going to have a debate, we're going to have this, you know, so much of the presentations are effectively, this is my website, this is my university, look how great we are, these are the things exactly. you think, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's useful information, obviously, up to a point, but it's not really stuff that I couldn't get just by looking at the website. Now, maybe I wouldn't go and do yeah. that. So I understand the, the, you know, the need to communicate it. But yes, I mean, in terms of that sort of that next level of, of inter interaction and then possible possible outcomes or something, I think it's I think it's I think it's a really clever model. Um, and I, I've been on on events like that with panels like that. And um, they are a very different. You prepare for them very, very differently, obviously, because particularly if you're, uh, say, an earlier career um, academic or administrator, where you know, perhaps the, the structure of what would be a formal presentation or marketing is, is yeah. you know, has that sort of safety net feel to it. Um, uh, I'm interested maybe, you know, just in terms of reflection, you know, for, for people at that sort of stage, how do you prepare for a panel where you know where you know that you don't know what's going to happen in a sense, right? Yes. So, I mean, the standard, the standard presentation, you think, yeah, I'm probably not even gonna get questions. And frankly, if I do, the depth of my answer is probably going to be quite controlled, right? Because the, the you know, the chair's gonna sort of wave me off for the next, the next yeah. talker. But, you know, how do you prepare for those where you've got, obviously when you and I chat, it's, you know, although we're putting this out in public, it's, it's a very informal, relaxed session but I mean you're on a dais probably you're on, you're either standing you're probably in a chair if you're on a panel but there's an audience and you know it's you know, you're doing it for the British Council it's a big deal right I mean there's there's a sense Absolutely. of accountability and responsibility not just to your institution but to to the council and to yourself so how do you how do you approach that sort of that sort of thing it's that's a really good question because I think as well you know you you approach it not only practically in terms of how you prepare for it, but also, um, you know, how you how you uh, sort of engage with it sort of theoretically more than anything as well. You know, it's not just about what you're going to do and this is the title of the session and what are we going to talk about? Um, but it's almost also then saying to yourself, um, we've got a plan for a part of this session, but for a part of it, we haven't. Mm. But what we do have is an audience full of experts in lots of different yeah. ways and with lots of different, you know, opportunities to input into the session rather than just to to sit there and and listen. And so I think I suppose that there there are two different types. And so I was um, I I led a couple of sessions and I presented at a couple as well. And in one I did both, which was sort of an interesting one with changing hats. Um, but I suppose as um, as somebody who was just taking part in a session, so just doing mm -hmm. a, just doing my bit, you know, I was told, all right, so you've got this. So there's the Vietnam Forum. You've got five minutes to present. Here's your question that you're dealing with, um, which was for me, you know, what are what are the challenges and what are the opportunities with working with with industry and what are some examples? So quite, you know, quite focused, which is good. Yep. At the same time, you could talk about it. For ages yeah. but I suppose what it made me do was answer the essay question as right. opposed to you know so as opposed to as you say spending the first 20 minutes showing lots of slides of, of beautiful pictures of Swansea lovely though it is indeed today it is particularly beautiful if a bit chilly um, you know it, it made it made us focus I suppose as well also what, what it makes the audience do is make sure they do their homework because they know that they're not going to get all of that, the beginning of all of the sessions, you know, it was made very clear in the conference brochures and everything, you know, what the sessions structures were going to be like. So it, it meant that, 
you know, I, I work with then colleagues across the university beforehand. They said, look, I need some, some good examples across a piece of, of how we're working with, with business and industry. And, you know, we've got lots and lots of examples from what we do with course, yeah. conservation to what you do with climate change to what you do with sort of cultural heritage, you know. So I picked a few of those. We're much more focused in, in terms of, of um, what, what I was saying. And then, then basically delivered that probably in a much more structured way than I would normally do if I was getting up and giving a giving a talk you know where you've got much more time um, it meant that we could have more people on the panel doing that mm. so when, on our panel for this particular one there were five of us well you know ordinarily if you've got five people on a panel and they're all giving a presentation then that's, that's your done. time gone you know yeah you might if you're lucky have one uh, thing after it so you know so and everybody was very good and they absolutely rigidly stuck to what they were meant to be delivering so so as um as a panelist be it an experienced one take mm. from that what yeah. you will but anybody somebody that's done it quite a lot yeah. um i it, it it made me more focused which i think was useful yeah. And it made yeah. me realize that I can't say everything. So I'm just going to pick a few things. And I'm going to say those and to say that at the beginning as well. These are just examples. You know, we can have other, other conversations if, if you want to. And I would anticipate that if you were a newer, there were some people on some of the panels that I was on who ha had not given many presentations before or done this, you know, you know, a lot. And, um, and I think actually from the feedback I got from them, they found it really useful because it gave them a much clearer directive as to what they were doing. And yeah. okay, if people really wanted to use a PowerPoint set, they could, and they, they yeah, and okay. a couple. Of, um, but it was very clear, and and I'll come back, I'll come on to the chair bit in a moment. But certainly with one of the ones that I was chairing, when somebody shared their initial slide set with me, and they had seven minutes, as I was saying previously, and they got 27 slides. Uh, and I said, yes. well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to have seven slides probably. And even then you'll probably go over your seven minutes. So yeah. um, so that's it's all very interesting. But take out the first 17 that are about your institution and get to the point, you know. Yeah. So, so I think it probably helped help those that were newer to mm. giving presentations, or indeed, of course, what you do get with going global. And I'm always massively grateful for colleagues that do this. You've got people who are, of course, are delivering them all in English, and we've got mm. people from all over the world, be they from Vietnam or Iraq or China or Japan or you know everywhere, America, Australia, you know, that actually delivering them in a second language. Um, and of course, many of them are exceptionally good at that language, but still it's, you know, it's, um, it's not as an, an easier thing to do. Um, and so I think probably that kind of direction helped people as a chair, um, as a chair, you've got to be a confident chair. Yeah. And, and I think what was, what I noticed for some of the sessions, um, for those that were either a little less confident or slightly worried that they didn't quite know what was going to happen was that they had a list of questions themselves and there was a tendency for them to go through them. You're almost looking at them going, stop, ask the audience because there are people here that want to talk. And so for, for the session I was chairing, I used it as an opportunity to say a few things myself at the beginning and at the end of it as well. 
Um, the, the one particular one I was chairing was on international student mobility. So one of the key um, uh, themes that we've got in, in the last book, and we were talking about what changes had taken place, you know, where, where now for international student mobility, what are some of the key benefits, but what are some of the challenges that we've got? And, and each of our panelists from, from Amarie Graham, who's the, the chief exec of UKISA, to colleagues from, from Nigeria, from India, and from, from Iraq, all had different perspectives. So the colleague sure. from Iraq was from the Ministry of Education. So he, he gave, it was more like a case study really of, of, of the kind of developments that are happening in, in, uh, in Iraq, uh, to you know, other colleagues just giving their different perspectives. So as a chair, I was able you know, to sort of set the context and the scene at the beginning. And, and I guess what I did, which normally people will do, but, but maybe I did it a bit more obviously, was basically to tell the audience that they were there to work as well. They're not mm. just there to sit and listen. And, and when they are just there and they just sit and listen, even though a bit of them just wants to do that, actually they do feel a bit frustrated. So they weren't going to be given that opportunity. Quite frankly, we were there for an hour and 25 minutes and they were gonna to have to be thinking of questions. Otherwise I was gonna pick on people. And yeah. then I said, because also the good thing about going to conferences when you've been for many year, years is you know a lot of people that are there. So, sure. yeah, um, yeah. and I could see them thinking she will as well. Um, yeah. But it, So it's a nice way though of saying to the audience, this is meant to be interactive. You've got some points of view. We can of course ask the panel their questions, but please, please make comments as well as ask a question. And I think that's a little bit different to what sometimes we've said in the past, because sometimes we'll, we'll throw things out to the audience as I ask a question somebody stands up and just makes a comment and sometimes the chairs can get a, a little bit aggravated with them well actually you've got a room full of people who have got opinions so yeah, yeah. let them as long as it's remotely associated with what you're talking about if it's just a random opinion sure. then you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's interesting because you know there's a lot of parallels between this and and, and effectively sort of teaching and learning where yes um you know where it's and i've often felt that sometimes with with conferences and i mean i've attended many sessions where i'm i'm i mean maybe in awe of is a little strong but like i genuinely i've come to listen to this person you know yes. i want to hear what she wants yes. to say or i want to hear her expertise or whatever it might be and so i'm, I'm i've been quite content to simply sit and, and listen but you know the, the sessions that you're describing it's so much more active for the panelists as well mm. because you do have to listen because you know, a question may very well come out of a comment that somebody else has made on the panel. And, you know, when it's Absolutely. just in presentations, it's not that that's easy to give a presentation, but we do get quite practiced at it. And it's sort of like you stand up or you sit down, you give your presentation, you think, I'm kind of done because I'm the time is going to run out, right? Yes. Um, but those those panel sessions where, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, more rapid fire. And as you say, you're never sure where it's going to go. And as you say, I mean, the, the audience, they're not they're not spectators, particularly not at Going Global. They are practitioners, just as the people on stage are practitioners. You know, they have they have their own case studies, their own challenges, their own opportunities. And obviously, if it can be managed properly, I mean, I think that's a I think it's a really good model. And I think, as you say, much you'll get much more out of it. Like you'll you'll actually, well, you know, I remember being in a conference where I actually had a, a sort of a tiny mini dialogue with Jane Knight. I was like, oh, look, at yeah. you know, that was that was awesome. I mean, it was yeah. completely 
you know, pointless in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, it was nothing more than just sort of nodding and going hello. But, you know, it felt. It but felt it's inspiring. Like actually, yeah. 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 And, and I think what so what I really noticed in that in that session in particular. So it was just, it was the it was the, the, the final session or one of the parallel sessions um, before uh, before the lunch on the final day, before the final plenary. There's a lot of finals going on there, but you get the picture. It was the final yeah. day. So people have been there from the crack of dawn till, you know, dusk and, and, and beyond. Uh, so you wanted to keep people's energy going throughout mm. it as well. But we had a, a full room, as I thought we would do, because it's a very, you know, it's a, a very interesting topic, but topic that that touches upon, you know, pretty much everything that everybody does. But, you know, you've, you've got to keep people in, interested for that hour and 25 minutes. Uh, and and I think what what and, and it's much easier to do that, as you say, if you're involved, not only are you more engaged, but you have to be because otherwise somebody like me is going to pick on you and ask you a question if it looks as though, you know, you're doing your email or something like that. So yeah. and of course you get you do get you get more out of it. There is still that, you know, that the individuals be a part of the panel or, you know, we had colleagues. Um, Lucy Everest, who was from Harriet Watt University, you know, made a really sort of insightful comment about about you know how how we must be sort of embracing the positive aspects of of student mobility and you know how we how we might look to develop those in in the future because we had at a certain point started to spiral ever so slightly into being a little bit depressed about some things and how things might progress as as it is sometimes indeed the want when particularly you get a lot of academics in one room that will that will just interrogate something um, in in great detail. Um, and so it was great to have that. Then we had John Frampton from from you know the University of Birmingham talking about particularly their experiences and linking into the to, to one of the big projects they've got in China and lots of others, you know, lots of other individuals. And they weren't on the panel. But these are people who have got decades of expertise, who had something really valuable to add, you know, that, that everybody could then respond to and, and react to. So I suppose as chair then as well, it was I did have a list of questions to ask. Just yeah, you case, always have to just as a backup. Nobody, yeah. just in case everybody had decided that nobody was going to ask a question and there was going to be a revolt. As it happened, not least because I told them at the beginning that they better ask a question. They all, it was that there were there were far too many. We didn't we we couldn't have them all in the in the end. Um, and if if one indication of um, whether people found it useful or not is is whether they remain. Um, they not only did we fill the time we went over the time and at one point I did say to people right now I'm absolutely going to stop it now because I can even smell the lunch fumes wafting up from the main hall and I don't know about you lot but I've been here since seven o'clock in the morning and I'm a bit hungry because it's half past one so you know get out of the room say thank you to the panelists and go away uh, but it was great because people really got involved but they got involved earlier on because sometimes you will get that, won't you? But if you've spent, you know, an hour listening to people and you've got 10 minutes for questions, then you are getting all excited about it and then you have to stop. Um, it's a bit frustrating. So I think that was the that was the, a really good um, 
a good development anyway that it, mm. there seemed to be a lot more than that either so all of the sessions that i were in was in were ones that were much more interactive and really you know got got the um experience of the audience some of it some of the sessions were quite small i went to one on e equality and and equity um and uh, but again that was more a very experienced chair um and and it was a small session so they sort of joined the audience they said you know what let's have a chat on the tables then rather than you know they've got very nearly as many people in the audience as you have on the panel let's not do that let's just have a discussion around the table and have a round table on it so that was a that was nice to see that kind of thing happening as well and thematically there was a lot more about uh, equitable partnerships um, and about sustainability and those broader aspects around sustainability and climate change and the responsibility of of institutions yeah. um, and you know although obviously a lot of it is about transnational education uh, it's not only that but probably it there was there was more of that than there has been in in previous mm. um yeah. previous going globals where well very often our sessions that we would do with with tim gore and, and other other colleagues would have that focus but sometimes they were they were tended to be in the minority didn't they whereas it seemed that these were more it, it sort of yeah. flipped so so i think in terms of content there have been a, a, a shift but also in terms of how the um how it was delivered i mean yeah it's i mean it's great isn't it that you see the agenda i mean obviously going global always thematically moved year from year and you know um it makes it makes perfect sense that sustainability equity you know that is part of the conversation mm -hmm. because it's it's part of the conversation um i'm actually a, i'm on a panel uh whenever it is this coming weekend um for cop 28 here in dubai uh, on sustainability oh, yes. in higher education um, and we we have a likewise we have a pretty big um, number of panelists um, so it's going to be very um, very much on your toes um, to, to try and uh, stay focused and, and relevant with what's going on I mean and, and mm. uh, so I'm looking forward to that I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that at, a, at another another date but I mean the I'm, next podcast. very well possibly in the next podcast yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> yes yeah although I do have to make sure that while I'm on the panel I'm thinking about the panel and not thinking oh that would be good for the next podcast and then, yeah. and then what, sorry, what, what was the question again yes, the question? yes. Um, honestly I'm paying yeah. attention no I'm not doing my email yeah um <laughs> yeah um I remember actually being uh being a, and that's the thing as, as obviously emails become much more prolific with with phones etc I remember being at conferences and you'd see people in the audience on their phones and I, you know, it's a little bit, you know, you think, oh, are people listening? I mean, they could very well be emailing, they could be tweeting, they could, you know, which a lot of people mm -hmm. do, you know, in, in conferences. But I remember being at Going Global several years ago and seeing somebody knitting in the audience and just thinking, you might have won. <laughs> like that might just. That might yeah, that's, been. yeah. <laughs> um, um, so can, is it, is it okay that we, if we, because, you know, you brought up this, this issue about identity. And I mean, this is something that we've talked and thought about and pondered mm. and, and not really necessarily come obviously to any any real sense of a conclusion but um really interested to hear you know particularly as you say given that you you were in a group of people from diverse experiences and you know expectations and and, and even constructs of identity right so i mean it's um do you have any i don't know reflective thoughts on on what what was discussed or what you heard 
I think maybe uh, I can't quite hear you at the moment, um, but. Uh, uh, oh, right. Yeah, there we okay. go. Back again, back again. Must have accidentally touched it. Um, what was um, particularly interesting was the discussion that we had around values. It very quickly went to values and identity. And mm. um, because we were talking, because so, so I was setting setting the scene in this particular breakfast session that I did um, jointly with uh, Lena Shi, um, the director ah, yes. of Council in yes. China and friend of the Think Education podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and so although we there were aspects of it that we were looking at in terms of some of the examples with regard to China, it wasn't just it wasn't about China particularly. It was a, it was more broadly about you know where higher international higher education is going and after she'd been on the podcast she was she was really I think taken with the the discussions around identity so I so I set the scene a little for it in with a with a very short um presentation which just summarized some of the key points from our book and uh, some of the quotes from the the students and and looking at certain aspects in terms of well you know so where might we be going now with international higher education what have we just lived through so mm -hmm. lest we all had forgotten you know yeah. a little bit about you know global health crisis you know uh, climate change and all of these challenges that that we've had that we came through and the things that that we did at the time that um that you know we we found challenging working from living rooms kitchens bathrooms bedrooms you know people doing their zoom calls from from obviously from their homes um and the fact that work had sort of invaded your home really um to positive things with regard to it about maybe it giving us an opportunity certainly in the initial stages of the pandemic when we couldn't do any of that because we hadn't pivoted yet um of actually just sitting down and thinking who am i where am i mm. what am i doing uh what's my institution what's that for you know all of those small questions but just giving us that time to reflect and so i set it in that kind of context and then we picked out a few points that you know had particularly arisen during um during the the the, the, the pandemic with a view to what might happen now and next so we look we looked to we talked a little bit about um online education and where that might be going to go we talked about the general purpose for a university we talked about the experiences of students and for those that uh, are either have either studied online or the experiences of transnational education students and what is it like to study somewhere but study for a degree somewhere else you know and and so it sort of set that broad context as i say you're also using some of the uh, quotations and thoughts from the students that input into our into our yep. book like Clara Dunster and and others um, and and pretty quickly the discussion in the room did turn that though in into the um, not only your then personal identity but the identity of your institution and what your institution's for to how that connects into values and the values that you might have yourself, um, educational, personal, all of these different things, to those of your institution, to those of your institution, if your institute, if it's a branch campus and your institution is in a different, you know, your main one is in a different country with 
arguably a different set of cultural norms and values mm -hmm. to to where you might be located within the region that you're placed itself. So there's quite a lot of discussion there uh, around sort of cultural norms and around how we might um, in our in our efforts and our ambitions to work, you know, more closely together to have more equal partnerships to to be collaborating more closely. Um, but sometimes within what can be a challenging situation, if you've got very different cultures meeting at certain points, yeah. you know, how do you deal with that with the values that you might have? Um, and as is as as with our podcast, actually, and indeed with our book, we didn't come to any conclusions whatsoever. But we had nice. a really interesting discussion around those areas. And and on my table, um, so there were, there were colleagues from the UK. So then, well, then what we did was because it was a, a breakfast session, it was set in uh, World Cafe style. So a mm -hmm. few of us were on the uh, on the panel said, and we had a little bit of a discussion there. Um, but we'd all we'd, we'd warned the the audience beforehand that they weren't going to just be able to sit there and drink yeah, their right. coffee and try and wake up. Um, but but we would be coming down and and, and having discussions on on the uh, on the pan on the the tables. Uh, and so we did that. So then the panel members got off of their podium, went down into the into the audience and had discussions there, which was really useful. So on my table, I have to say colleagues from the UK, from China, from Peru, uh, from the Middle East. Um, and it was just wonderful having a conversation about what were our what were our mutual um, thoughts of things that we all wanted to achieve, irrespective of where we were from and what kind of underlying values and thoughts there might be within the environments that we were in. And of course, there's a commonality of all the things that you want to achieve through education and through higher mm. education. And there are very similar challenges that you might have as well. But I suppose one thing that was really clear that every point that everybody made was you do have to have that respect for the cultural environment that you're in, whatever mm -hmm. your personal views as well. You know, you are either teaching or or working or collaborating within a different cultural environment with sometimes very differing values. But that what you've got to really do, however, is 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 head on have those discussions to not think that there are things that are out of bounds in many ways, but to, to actually have those sort of mature discussions and, and debates that that you know, are important to you individually. And if you're not careful, if you don't, if you don't sort of put them out there and on the table, then it can cause some tensions a little bit later on. And that was, I think it was that openness that really struck me, that need when we are talking about values and thoughts and our identity, because our identity is driven through our values yeah. and our behaviours. You can't help it, can you? It's just who you are. And yeah, that yeah. happens as, and you might have them, I suppose. Then finally, it, it was it was the absolute recognition that this is really, really complex. That huh. there isn't just yeah. one very simple set of values for an entire nation, or an entire university, or even an individual. We all change. Mm -hmm. We all shift. You know, depending on who we are and what we're doing. And you know, are you the same now as you were ten years ago, twenty years ago, or thirty years ago? Of course not. And so we shouldn't expect the other uh, other answers to be simple or to say the culture of a university is like this or the culture of a nation is like that, you know, but it's just working out a way collaboratively together 
to to go forward was the whilst celebrating the difference actually celebrating mm. the difference and and trying to find mutual ways in which you can take forward the mutual goals that you will have set each yeah. other in the process yeah i mean it's i suppose that's a, a a byproduct of the you know the maturity now of the the T and E and international market that those types of conversations you know people are having them at point zero right they're they're having them as in yeah. you know as opposed to well we're driven by market needs we set up a partnership and then all of a sudden a year down you think well hang on we differ so dramatically on X that we simply can't function um, exactly. I mean equally there's I suppose there's more there's more layered choice now isn't there there's 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 less of the Absolute, and it's like, well, okay, I'm not going to go to country A because we may share these values, but actually on these we differ, and therefore it, it's not in a mutual interest to to pursue this. So I'm going to go to country yeah. C or D, whatever it might be, right? So, I mean, although to be fair, I was thinking, you know, as you were saying that, that you know, this is this is equally an issue, you know, within a domestic um, context where you know you have even if you bring students, we talked about this in you know in previous writing where. The identity of an institution is often born from the the place. So you know, it's a a port city, or it's an industry city, or it's a you know whatever it might be, you know, and and that's almost the identity of the the surrounding area. And then the university you know starts to bring in these different types of students, even even if they're domestic students, but they're they're coming with from different socioeconomic backgrounds and religions, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Absolutely. they're then mingling with the people in the town. And there's a there's a cultural difference there, even mm. though there's a national. I don't know construct that ties them together right and and you know there is that 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 sort of what is it town and gown like there's that you know can be yes. even on a very very sort yeah. of local level and as you say that that sort of understanding of you know or building that understanding of who we are what we are what our purpose is and how we can further engage i think also reinforces and better explains the purpose and, and what a university can be in its community um you know because it's 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 a microcosm of the world in essence and it, it has that opportunity to you know to build those sort of connections and understandings um you know by opening the doors of the campus and letting people literally letting people in and letting people out and letting people mm -hmm. through um um i mean that can be a really i mean so that, i mean that's really that's really very encouraging to hear i mean okay obviously as we say that there are going to be issues that simply there is no way around and, and therefore don't engage in that yeah. you know if, if it's so contrary to the value system um um, it's interesting also, I was, I was sort of reflecting on, you know, and we had this um, a lot when I worked in Malaysia where, you know, students, you know, were at a, t a branch campus, you know, but if you ask them how, who they identified with or who they associated with and are they from the branch or are they from the home and, you know, and how does that work? And that's the thing, when you go to university, that association also informs your own identity, like you take on a bit of that institution, right? So, and, and also when you go out in the world, the reputation of that institution goes with you, you know, right, mm. wrong, and otherwise, right? And so it's a, uh, yeah, you, your identity, as you say, it grows a little bit, right? And it's uh, it's an interesting, interesting way of, of thinking about it. Um, and it, and it's affected by, as you say, by different things, by different people, by by mm. circumstances, by actions, by activity. You know, things uh, things are shaped and and changed. And I suppose you know, I sort of final conclusions around it such as such as they were in some some ways but you know were were that that you know that diversity is is there and and we need to to embrace it and to find to find the way 
through through commonality you know through mm. commonality other experience or values or things where they're they're the parallel lines are closer anyway than they're further apart if you see what i mean and that we yeah. can do that because because that is simply what it is it, it's what it's like and so you you almost you have to do that because there isn't an, another option there isn't a a, a plan b in, in many ways in this kind of situation if you do want to be doing the kind of things we're doing and and that we're all individually part of this shifting and evolving landscape uh, yeah. and i've used this this um example before haven't i the difference between typhoons and, and earthquakes you know and with a typhoon you can go inside and you you know close the windows you can and you don't even really know it's going on out there particularly if you put your music on loud um but with an earthquake you can't go anywhere it's around you you know you, you might be able to yeah. hide under the table but the the, the, the floor is still moving and that's changed that's that's just what happens you you part of it you shape it and you you have to engage with it in some yeah. way and it can be a bit scary and it can feel as though you know things are very different to maybe what you've been used to um and therefore then sometimes you become some of us also talked about um quite a few people in fact most people i think had either visited other countries or, or lived in other countries yeah. and many people were saying how how they became you know much more the guy who was from china said he sort of became more chinese when he was living in america than he was when he was in china yeah. because also because people kept asking him about it and he kept and he yeah. kept thinking oh yeah well, no, no, i never thought of that really you know so you you can sometimes you really embrace your own identity deep down from where you first started when you go somewhere else because you're confronted by different things but also it, interested people are asking you questions you know yeah. so so it's it's not to be worried about that it's to to try and to try and celebrate it and where there are differences if at all possible to try and celebrate and learn from those differences so that you can create something new in the future or if it yeah. is just as you say though simply too difficult and there are just there there it, you're just poles apart for something then just acknowledge that and realize yeah. it it's like within a risk analysis isn't it sometimes you, yeah. there's a risk to doing anything and everything but mostly yeah. there's yeah, yeah. a risk but the impact's quite light and it's all right you yeah. know you can manage the risk for some things if it's so huge that you can't manage it then you don't do it yeah well i mean it's it's an interesting moral area isn't it because as you say as an in, on an individual basis those sort of decisions are perhaps easier but as an institution where you know your identity and your values are so intertwined and mm. therefore your way of doing things is right because it is a reflection of who you are, which is built into, you know, everything. And so to then say, well, we're not going to do something their way because their way is so, you know, it becomes kind of that interesting conversation that has to happen at, a, you know, on multiple levels within an institution, which is yeah. where are we prepared to shift? And are we right? You know, and can we Absolutely. change? Or, or, you know, or can we simply not, as you say, in which case, no, no, we can't because it's so, it, this is, this is who we are and, and that identity cannot be moved. Um, well then don't go there right that's that's yeah. that's kind of the way yeah there's and an I, and I suppose that. and there's probably it might be interesting to to bring some others in to have a broader discussion around values wouldn't it because I think also sometimes we don't realize ourselves how our own value systems have changed over the years exactly. I mean just using my own country 
as an example in the UK. You know, what was it? What was it like 50 years ago? What was it like 100 years ago? What was it like 500 years ago? I can pretty much guarantee that it's very different in some of those value systems to what we've got today. So, you know, everywhere is different. It's just how you deal with that, isn't it? And, and you know, and, and what therefore are you, as you say, are you willing to compromise on or are you willing yourself to change and think, yeah. you know what, actually, that's a good point. And I've never thought of that before. Maybe I'm learning something a bit different or maybe you're creating a whole new set of different types of values that you never had before. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think, a fantastic sentiment on which to end, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, wonderful. Okay, well, um, until next time then. Till next time.